Hello, Hyrock. Welcome to our daily devotional. Today we are concluding our time in the book of Exodus, and we are looking at, again, the follow-up uh, to the breaking of the covenant with the golden calf, and now the restoration of that covenant as Moses re-enters into the presence of God. So we are in Exodus 34, verses 27 through 35, where we read this. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write down all these instructions, for they represent the terms of the covenant I am making with you and with Israel. Moses remained there on the mountain with the Lord forty days and forty nights. In all that time he ate no bread and drank no water. And the Lord wrote the terms of the covenant, the Ten Commandments, on the stone tablets. When Moses came down Mount Sinai carrying the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, he wasn't aware that his face had become radiant because he had spoken to the Lord. So when Aaron and the people of Israel saw the radiance of Moses' face, they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called out to them and asked Aaron and all the leaders of the community to come over, and he talked with them. Then all the people of Israel approached him, and Moses gave them all the instructions of the Lord, gave them all the instructions the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking with them, he covered his face with a veil. But whenever he went into the tent of meeting to speak with the Lord, he, re he would remove the veil until he came out again. Then he would give the people whatever instructions the Lord had given him, and the people of Israel would see the radiant glow of his face. So he would put the veil over his face until he returned to speak with the Lord. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, once again, we get kind of a, an interesting passage with uh, imagery that may be uh, strange and, and difficult to understand. Uh, but one thing that's really clear is that Moses is affected by, changed by the presence of God. Uh, Moses not only got to see God, but was changed by God in the encounter. And I'm immediately reminded of uh, a passage from the New Testament that comments on this experience back in uh, in seven, excuse me, in Second Corinthians chapter three, Paul talks about Moses having to wear this veil, and he talks about how uh, the even after the glory of the Lord had faded from Moses' face, he continued to wear that veil, and uh, that's an interesting thing too. That maybe is a, a separate thing to, to treat at the end, but this idea that um, at first people were afraid of Moses because of the presence of God in his face, but afterwards Moses kind of got used to it and wanted people to see him in this way as well. But one thing I really take from this passage uh, and the reference in the New Testament is this idea that we are changed by our encounter with God in the language of 2 Corinthians, which you know we studied in our devotionals earlier. This idea is that as you know, from glory to glory, as we encounter Jesus, perhaps especially as we encounter Jesus in one another, we are changed. You know, just like I've often heard people say about prayer that, you know, we come into prayer thinking that we're going to change God. We're going to go change God's mind in prayer. We're going to ask for something that God didn't want to do and convince God to do it for, for us. And, and perhaps it does happen that way. But what is for certain is that prayer changes us because in prayer, we encounter God and we are never the same. And as I think about this, I think that really the greatest gift that any of us has to offer is a life that has been changed by the presence of God, by the presence of Jesus. I think about the disciples in the book of Acts when the authorities uh, who were opposing the disciples, but they marveled at them because the disciples were 
so persuasive, despite the fact that they were mostly uneducated. But the, these, these opponents of, of the disciples took note of the fact that they had been with Jesus, Jesus. So that was the explanation. They could think of no other explanation for the power that they had other than that they had been with Jesus. And I think similarly in our world today that perhaps, you know, whatever else we might have to offer, perhaps the best and most powerful testimony we might have to offer anyone is to have a life that has been changed by the presence of God in our lives. Uh, so that's uh, kind of what I think about in this passage that uh, Moses, in essence, wanted his greatest reward was to, to see God face to face or as close to it as he could get. And maybe what he didn't count on, but what he took away from the encounter was that that encounter literally changed who he was and how he was seen by other people. And I think uh, that's a great prayer for us to have as well, is not only that we would see God, but that we would be changed in such a way that we might have an impact on other people for the sake of the Lord. Dave, I'm wondering what you see here. Well, uh, you know, starting out with just the more trivial things and kind of working up to what I think is the most important that, um, you know, I'm, I'm noting that he was up on the, the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. And of course, any Bible reader will recognize that. Um, and going backward, we recognize it in Noah, right? The, the rain that fell 40 days and 40 nights. And it's on the other end of that, that then God ends up making a covenant, right? What we call the Noetic covenant, the, the covenant, he makes a covenant with with Noah on behalf of humanity, right? And says, okay, here now is how that we we should live together. And of course, man, well, we all know how that went. That didn't go so well. <laughs> so people end up, you know, especially people of Israel end up back in in uh, in slavery and in bondage. And so God frees them again, right? Because of course the people prior to Noah had all sort of like their evil had turned in on themselves. So, uh, so God frees the people again who are in bondage out of Egypt this time. Uh, and and here, the, and they're going to be 40 years in the desert, but now Moses is 40 days, 40 nights, uh, you know, not eating, not drinking. Right? Again, we're going to get back to that. Um, and, and while he's up there, he's getting all of this information from, from God about kind of these details about how, how to live. Uh, I chuckle because at the end, then, of course, you know, he gets the Ten Commandments. You know, it's like, you know... The second copy, you got to imagine he's a lot more careful with them. This says like, okay, now I know how fragile these are. I really, I'm sorry about that guy. So I'll be, I'll, you know, be careful. But anyway, um, the, uh, but then, you know, all of this is then in a sense uh, recapitulated in, uh, in Jesus who goes 40 days and 40 nights and then goes up onto a mountain and he shares the Sermon on the Mount, right? Which is the, this new way of living in concert with God. And it covers so many of the same details. In fact, even refers back to many things, right? You have heard that it was said, da, 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 but I tell you, uh, right? And so Jesus is saying, hey, here's some, some of the things you guys didn't quite understand the spirit of it uh, the first time around. I'm, I'm here to reveal that to you on a mountain, just like with Moses, right? Of course, Jesus is the glory of God, you know, the radiance of God. Um, and then Jesus ends up being the one who brings a new covenant, right? So there's two things. There, there's this, this promise, this covenant this that, that they entered in, into, God and humanity, uh, and along with that covenant are sort of the, these, the, the stipulations by which to live. Uh, and we just see this pattern keep being repeated. The fundamental difference, right? All of these other covenants, the covenant with Adam, the covenant with Noah, the covenant with Moses, all of these covenants end up depending on our fidelity, right? They, they, we've got to play a part, and if we don't, the whole thing fails. And so that's why Jesus has this new covenant that 
he himself will become a human and he will fulfill it on our behalf. That's what makes it so extraordinary so that it can't fail, right? It can't fail. We still have, here's the ways you're supposed to live, but now not living that way will not nullify the covenant entirely, right? God makes this incredible covenant and then invites us into this kind of new relationship with him. Um, so anyway, I just think those are interesting, but uh, maybe the, the, I think the thing that is most salient here uh, picking up what you were talking about with this radiance, right? The, the, um, I, I think that even today, right, with Moses, it's this obviously it's this literal, just whee, he's shiny. Um, and uh, and so there's just something about him that is kind of just radiating this sort of, you know, energy uh, and, and so that it can be covered with a veil because it's too much for the people. And so this is the funny thing is they're attracted to it and it's too much for them. They don't they're attacked and repulsed right? or intimidated, maybe I should say. Um, and uh, and it's funny. I, I think that what our world needs today is to see more people who've been with Jesus, right? Who've been, as you said, transformed by Jesus. And, and my experience is that people can tell. People can tell. Uh, how many times have I had the experience? I've met somebody for the very first time, just no encounter. And at some point it comes out, oh, do you know and they'll say, I knew it. I knew it. Like, there was something about the youth just kind of, and, and they're trying to describe it. And I realized, oh, I think what they're trying to describe is like freedom and fullness of life, right? Mm -hmm. There's a, a lack of fear. There's a, a sense of, of, of delight, of, of gladness and goodness that just comes from being with Jesus. And I actually can tell the difference, right? As we see with Moses, it, it fades when he's not with God and, you know, uh, has to kind of get recharged. Uh, and I, I think actually the same thing is true of me, that when I come out, and this is why I end up having prayer time, like time with God every single day, is because there's a way that that when I am bringing these things to God, when I'm seeing my life in the light of God's promises, when I'm bringing my anxieties to God and placing it in his hand, when I'm experiencing the love of God, man, it just, it, that radiates in every other interaction that I have, and people experience a difference. Or when I haven't been doing that, people experience my stress, my fear, my, uh, you know, my uh, anger, my, um, you know, sh just shortness, you know, whatever. Uh, like, I think that there's a way that people experience it. They don't, they don't know that I was with Jesus or not with Jesus. I don't know what my schedule was, but it's all written all over who I am. It's written all over the way that I interact, right? It radiates. And, uh, and I think that's the, the, the invitation that I wish we'd see more Christians instead of saying, Hey, I'm going to Prove God by, uh, you know, by my clever arguments, or you know, enforce God's rules by my my use savvy use of political power. All those other kind of things. Say no, no, no. I, I'm actually going to bring God with me into every interaction I go into, believing that that actually is a far more powerful way of of allowing people to have an encounter, not just with us, but with God, sort of that that we help in a sense mediate. Um, so I, I would say that as a Christian, I just, I want it to be evident that I've been with Jesus. And the only way that's going to be true is if I'm spending time with Jesus. Yeah. You know, as you were talking, I'm reminded of the um, the ancient metaphor of a, of a fire poker placed in the fire, that the that the fire poker takes on the nature of the fire as it's in mm. the fire. It, it's, it glows, it gives off heat, it's able to ignite other things. But that's not its intrinsic nature. So unless it gets placed in the fire again, 
and regularly, it loses the characteristics of that fire. And the same thing with us. If unless we're in the presence of God, we begin to lose uh, that those characteristics. It begins to fade from us because that's God's nature, not our intrinsic nature. But you, the second part you mentioned about like you know substituting our argumentation or political power or whatever manipulation, those are all kind of like veils, like they're substitutes for godliness. Like Moses, you know, liked the some of the attention that he got from carrying God's presence with him. And so he wore the veil, you know, according to the New Testament, he wore the veil even after the glory had faded. And I wonder if sometimes we do that. Well, mm. I don't wonder. I know we do that sometimes as well, is that we put forth the, the, the veneer of spirituality so that people think we have the presence of God with us when really it is quite faded because we haven't, as you said, been truly spending time in God's presence and bringing God's presence with us. Wow, that's a good word. I actually feel like there have times when I have done exactly that thing, uh, in a sense, trying to 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 I don't know, live off the fumes from <laughs> from, from past glory. Uh, yeah, man, that's that's a good, a really convicting and 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 encouraging, right? Is it? It's this great invitation, uh, as much as it is a, a kind of a conviction. So anyway, thank you, John. That was really good. Hmm. Well, and thank you for kind of organizing this march through uh, Exodus. This has really been great. I guess Taylor uh, Burgoyne gets a lot of the credit for this as well. He really was uh, instrumental in helping set this up for us. Hmm. Uh, but we're about to start something new. You want to tell us about that? Um, so, yeah, we're going to begin a journey through the book of Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah is a very interesting, uh, one of the major prophets, an interesting book in the Old Testament, and actually has some of the most tie-ins with the New Testament as well, which we'll get to see. Yeah, well, which will be a perfect setup because once Advent starts, we're going to be going through Luke, right? And in which we're going to end up seeing these parallels both to Exodus and to Isaiah that are then we're going to be con continually mining as we're going through Luke. So I'm I'm excited by all that. So good. Well, John, would you be willing to close us in prayer? Uh, yeah, let's. Our good and gracious God, we thank you that you give us the opportunity to be with you, that you are with us, Emmanuel, God with us. Lord, help us um, to drop our guard and to be truly present with you, to receive who you are so that we might be changed and in so doing, bring you into the world in a way that might change others. We thank you for this incredible privilege. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Friends, thank you for joining us in this study of Exodus, and I hope you'll join us again on Monday as we open up the book of Isaiah. We'll see you then. <laughs>